Hello and welcome to the season finale of the Infinity Archives. Yeah, whoop. So we're back now for the last time until Christmas, you lucky, lucky people. So, how are you and who are you? I'm me and I'm just Anne. I'm me and I'm also good. So, do you think we should move on to the news? I don't know. Is there any news? So we're back with the news now. And our first headline today is there are soundtracks for the day of the Doctor and the time of the Doctor being released soon. Ooh. Going, they're on sale from the 24th of November, but you can pre-order them on Amazon and BBC Shop, I'd imagine. I suppose. Free advertising. Send us a copy, please. Yes, that would be nice. Um, so, I didn't really pick up the music on the time of the Doctor, but I, rem I remembered quite liking it for day of the Doctor, so... Yeah, they're both quite good. I yes, Murray Gold, he's all right. He's he's good. He's good. Um, Doctor Who Adventures, that kiddie magazine for younger Doctor Who fans, is going monthly now. Oop, a sure sign of dropping sales. Due to a poor net circulation. Oh, told you. Because from January to June 2014, their net circulation on average was just 19,966 per issue, down by 8,477. And 29.8% on the previous six months. Wow. People have probably just run out of spaces to put stickers and notebooks to write in. Oh, and don't forget those quality masks you get. Well, to be serious, you know, I, I mean, I am completely the other end of the wrong sort of age demographic for this sort of magazine. But even putting myself into the mindset of a, what, six to eight year old? Six to ten year old, I think. Six to ten year old. Well, even putting myself in that sort of mindset, this is a pretty terrible magazine. You know, it's endless competitions, a rather wonky comic strip, both sort of the way it's written and the certainly the artwork, and just endless posters and sort of like a few very basic articles. And when you sort of compare it to sort of like the early issues of Doctor Who Weekly which was sort of aimed at a similar age range, but had a lot more going for them. You know, as a kid sort of growing up and reading Doctor Who Weekly, for me, these really sort of educated me about the show, you know. It's where I learnt about the first Doctor adventures and, you know, the comic strips in that, you know, written by the likes of sort of Alan Moore, illustrated by David Lloyd, you know, they still stand up today. And... You know, Doctor Who Adventures is just a bit, a bit of fluff, really. Mm. I used to get 
um, than when they first started. And when back when they first started, they were a little more comprehensive, but they went down the drain and I cancelled it. Well, you know, they weren't much more comprehensive. You know, it was posters, few articles, few cheap competitions. You know, there's nothing there, really. You you know, I, to be honest, I'm surprised it hasn't sort of folded ages ago. Are you forgetting the quality-free gifts with every issue? Anyway, let's move on. We're not here yes. to discuss. There, there is a statement, though, which is a, a bit so basic from their publishers. They say, We regularly look at the most appropriate frequency for our magazine titles, and following research, we've decided to move Doctor Who Adventures to a full weekly frequency, in line with the rest of the market. We'll be focusing on a more improved gift offering, okay, uh, while continuing to deliver our Doctor Who fans the content they love. E.g. puzzles, posters, and a... An advert. There's an advert every page. And a very poorly done script. Yes, what else have we got? Well... Isn't there a symphonic stadium tour coming in the style of the ones from Australia called Blimey Gobba? That's very true. Isn't it being hosted by Mr. Peter Davison? That's very true. We had... A.K.A. Tristan Farnan, Elmer, and the Fifth Doctor... We had news that this was number three. We had news that this was coming to the UK quite a while back, but it's only been confirmed now that Peter Davison is hosting this symphonic spectacular. He has confirmed it himself, and he's made a statement, but it's far too long to read out. Which go out so we won't bother. No. And our last bit of news: that the Doctor Who TARDIS tours, TARDIS tours, TARDIS tours, which offer viewers and fans the opportunity to visit the actual TARDIS set when you're not allowed to touch any buttons. Uh, is actually closing from the 3rd of November to the 23rd of November. Just in time for the anniversary, hurrah! Yeah, which was a shame because um, I've discussed this before and I'm, well, I was supposed to be going then but uh, with a friend, but we soon discovered that he we actually got the friend. dates But we actually discovered we got the dates wrong and we're going on the 29th, so I our experience at TARDIS Tours is completely uninterrupted by this, but... It's a bit strange why they suddenly close it down. Is it for filming something? Is it for refurbishment? We just don't know. Few of us even care. <laughs> well. Anyway, what's next? That's the end of the news, but we have had two episodes of Doctor Who. The finale. Dark Water and Death in Heaven. Will they change our opinions of Peter Capaldi, or just make us feel a little bit let down? Find out now. So, the two-part finale, the first two-parter since the Rebel flashback all the way back in 2011. Um, it started off with Dark Water. So, what did we think? Well, why don't you go first? And I'll try not to sob too much. Well, I... I would just like to take this time to mention our sponsors, the Doctor Who underpants range of underpants with Doctor Who. Wear your underpants with pride. And here we are in a seamless segue. William, what did you think of the episode Dark Water? Well, I gave Dark Water a 5 out of 10 because I enjoyed the scene with Clara and the Doctor, but I was really ch- I felt cheated when it turned out. Which to be scene a- with Clara and the Doctor? There were a few. Well, the main scene where they're out on the volcanic 
eruption. Ah, you mean the pointless dream sequence? Yes, the pointless dream sequence. I enjoyed it because I think it showed off the dynamic between Peter Capaldi and Clara really well. And I just felt cheated, really, when it turned out to be a dream sequence. Right. Why? Well, I thought, but this was all this build-up with Clara throwing all the keys in, and then suddenly it's just, oh, it's just a dream state. Yeah. I thought it was just a daft way to let a scene that I was sort of getting into. Right, well... Um, anyway, even if Clara did destroy all the keys, well, surely the Doctor just has to snap his fingers and go back inside. Shh. Okay. So what did you think of that scene, then? Um, I thought it was well played, and I thought it was quite interesting, but I thought it was spoiled by the fact it had ultimately no bearing on the rest of the episode or story. But I thought, yeah, it was very well played. I thought, you know, if it had gone down that route more, it might have been a bit more interesting. But, yeah. I think one of the biggest talking points for this scene, apart from the revelation, but we'll go into that later, was the uh, whole point, the 3W, the whole point of it. And that got quite a lot of complaints, and the BBC have responded to them. But I thought myself that, that was a little bit too over the top. I thought, personally, it was a little too dark for a family programme. Yeah, it's not Torchwood, this is. You know, people people keep asking for a more adult Doctor Who and to be fair I think this is about as adult as you're ever likely to get yeah but you know I mean jumping ahead and just for a second putting the two episodes together I mean put together these two episodes are pretty morose they're pretty they're pretty sort of um, well just deep depressing <laughs> you know they're, they're bleak is the word I, somebody I heard somebody use and that's what they are they are pretty bleak um, and it's you know, uh, you know. I keep saying this in every podcast, but it's not how I see Doctor Who. So Danny ended up being uploaded to the Neversphere, where he met Seb, played by Chris Addison. On all my notes, I've got question mark, question mark, because some is points, he in a quiz show? Some points I enjoyed his character, but other times I think he was a bit too over the top with the facial expressions and the body language I think it just made him look a bit too silly really I just found him annoying I gotta be honest so jumping ahead to the next episode I enjoyed the bit where Mr. just tears around and shoots him well you know I... that... we'll, we'll get there yeah okay um, and then the main part of the episode was the cliffhanger I think for me um, and I like how it's sort of cut together with there being four points to it really Mm -hmm. So just just basic one part. There's Clara trapped in that room with that Cyberman. The revelation of Missy, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, Danny choosing whether to delete his subconsciousness or whatever it was. And um, five men invading London again. So, what did you think of the Missy revelation be of her being the master? I thought it had potential, and you know it didn't sort of wind me up the way it has a lot of people. And I think you know there's nothing really wrong with having a female master but again jumping ahead I don't think that that concept was used in any way shape or form you know it was such a generic sort of mad master part you may as well have got John Simbach or someone else in you know the whole point of sort of making the master a woman just had no relevance to the rest of the story there was no sort of explanation really for it and it was a bit of a shame because then it just comes over as a bit gimmicky yeah because with the next episode 
it didn't need to be the master. The only point that could have been the master is the whole line to the Doctor about Gallifrey thing. Well, the thing about Dark Water, I mean, the whole episode is basically a build-up. Yeah. For the climax and the last five minutes, when even then, not really a lot happens. So what would you quarter then out of ten? I would probably give it a four. Because so I think if you take out all the Danny Pink and nonsense and you take out the whole master thing, I think somewhere in there is the germ of a really good Cyberman story. And I think if they could have kept the sort of presence of the Cybermen secret, which isn't easy when they're parading halfway through London and everything, and then I think it would have been a really good episode. That reveal of the skeletons draining away to sort of reveal Cybermen could have been really effective if it was a surprise, like it could have been a real modern Earth shot moment. Yeah, definitely. But ultimately, you know, it's, 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 it's I don't know, it just felt like padding towards the climax, like I said. Yeah, that was basically um, my thoughts on Dark Water. Really. I don't really subscribe because I've seen it twice now. I, uh, I watched it when it was first on, and I rewatched it just before Death in Heaven to see if it would change my opinion of the two part of it. Just emphasise the fact that it was padded, really. If you know what I mean. Yes, I certainly do. So the next episode then was the finale, Death in Heaven. Do you want to start with this? Uh, where to start with this? Where? Yeah, it started off quite well with Unit and Kate Lethbridge-Stewart coming back, who's a good character, and, you know, had a quite a good set-up there. And then it just suddenly all goes to pot. They make the Doctor the president of the world, which is a bit of a silly idea. Um, they all go off in a plane, which is an even worse idea, considering that there's flying Cybermen everywhere, and it just falls apart, really. Which is a, a really shame. Yeah, it was just such a dull episode really you know i don't think there was any real payoff to any of the clara danny pink relationship nope it's yet another episode in this series where the doctor does absolutely nothing and is basically just impotent and is just sort of standing around reacting to stuff rather than taking charge and uh, i don't know and then we've got missy or the master depending on your point of view, who suddenly develops this very strong Scottish accent like because she's got to compete with Peter Capaldi. And all of a sudden, you know, all the subtleties just get thrown out the window and we've just got another generic mad master characterization. You know, you go to the trouble of making the Doctor different every incarnation. Why not do the same with the master? You know, why is this sort of thing of the master just being mad now such a intrinsic character thing and you know I just didn't see the point of her suddenly going all over the top you know you've got the her killing Osgood which should have been you know if it played sort of down that could have been a really chilling scene but instead it just comes across as a bit silly because she's like, oh, I've already killed you. Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah, ten, nine, eight. Ooh! And just this, it was just so over the top, it was annoying and it just pulled me out of the episode. Yeah, it really didn't the character of Osgood um, any justice. No, it was an absolute waste of the character. Really, really silly. I don't know why they did that. I think that could have been so much more, it could have had much more of an impact if it had, like you said, been played down. Um, one thing and then I we really... get the whole idea, you know, here we are, Series 8, another stupid, stupid idea. This time, 
we've got Cybermen being created by rain. So we have magic rain basically falling on graves that are coating dead people in circuitry and metal and becoming Cybermen. How that works I have no idea. Yes, before you all start shouting and ranting, I know it's a science fiction show, I know it's a fantasy show, but it's got to have a grounding in plausibility. And this is just nonsense. It really is. Yep. Um, can I just get this off my chest now? Because if I don't get it off my chest now, it's going to build up and build up and I'll probably explode. Um, the Brigadier scene, uh, the, I loved how they had the portrait on the plane. I think that was a really nice touch. But the fact that they re- they resurrected the character as a Cyberman and then killed him off within a matter of 30 seconds, that really bugged me. I really have to say that. Was, I found that disrespectful, to be honest. And since when has the Brigadier ever been bothered about the Doctor saluting him? I think the Brigadier was a lot more grounded as a person and a character than needing the Doctor to sort of salute him in any way, shape or form. I think, you know, the Brigadier completely understood that that wasn't the Doctor's character. Yeah, I just, I didn't even think about that because I was so, my brain was so, why would you do that? And if you're going to use that point, then surely the perfect thing to happen was have all the story, have the adventure, and then the resolution being you see the portrait of the brigadier and the doctor salutes that yeah you know if Don't. you need him to, to salute it at all but you know just oh. it was just disrespectful to be honest i mean i've some i've seen some people who say they love it you know i've seen, I've seen a lot more who said that they think it's a, they found it a bit tasteless but yeah. i'm in the tasteless camp me too i couldn't believe that i genuinely thought that i thought that was some kind of mistake that they left in there or something um, but I have notes as well on this episode, the Brigadier thing. Um, Osgood's death didn't bother me. I've been over that. Um, Danny Pink as a Cyberman, I predicted before the episode had even been on. I, before I'd even seen the preview, which basically revealed it. And if I can guess how predictable Doctor Who is going to be, then that means it's predictable. Well, you know, I mean, I, it's just such a silly way to end the whole sort of Danny Clara relationship. You know, he's a Cyberman. Yeah, if he switches on these circuits, then he cuts off his emotions. But, you know, he switches off the circuits and his emotions are there just long enough to move on the plot, you know. Just, oh, just, just terrible story writing. You know, it's... I think that was another character like with Osgood. It didn't really do, it didn't do Danny any justice because he's this character we've sort of seen develop over the season for him to be blown up, basically. And no offence to the actors, but... You know, these are good actors giving good performances, but it's almost like they sort of weren't completely bought into the sort of plot of... And the whole thing of Danny turning into the Cybermen, you know, they just don't seem very comfortable with it to me as they're performing it. Yeah, I just really, really um, had a problem with the whole Danny thing and the whole Brigadier thing. And as I said before, you know, it's a downer, you know, I don't want Doctor Who being down and morose. I want it to be sort of an adventure. I don't want the Doctor being passive. I want him to be a hero. I want him to get involved. I want him to be passionate and fighting for, you know, to save people, to help people, to stop evil monsters. It's it's the fundamental core of the show, which just isn't there for me at the moment. Yeah, the fact that the Doctor, no matter how happy he is the other time, he can be really dark, like we saw that with Elements with in Matt Smith's tenure like he was so sort of 
jolly and happy the rest of the time, but there were times where he could be really dark and sad and miserable. But Peter Capaldi just hasn't seemed to be happy at all this season, really. No, it's the flip side, you know, you have sort of flashes of him being eccentric, and which is a shame because when he does that, like I said before on previous programmes, you know, he's so good. He's, you know, he has got that lightness of touch. He has got that likability, but he just never seems to be able to sort of carry it along for long enough. And you were just left with this dour sort of character who, you know, it's obvious that he cares, but he's, you know, he's very shielded. He's very closed with his emotions, but it doesn't work for me, i got to say. Yeah, um, I thought the whole... Peter Capaldi being eccentric. I thought there was a, there was definitely a flash and a glimpse of it towards the end where he's well um he's not a hero he's not a bad man he's a an, an idiot and he seemed to be a bit more happy there but then we see him again he just seems to be back to his normal self and I'm so but he's not that. an idiot he no. is a hero yeah, he's exactly. the doctor exactly you know this is a guy who sort of wants to find out things he wants to help people or sh- you know that's how it used to be yeah and I just wish that that moment there with Missy giving him the army and that he decided that he doesn't need it which changed his character into a more happy person I thought that was going but uh, no it just and that made me feel more let down so before we move on to the actual ending of the season is there anything else you want to say about them about the content of the episode it was just so bleak like they said you know it's grey it's a very grey couple of episodes it looks grey and it's it's not what I would want to watch on a Saturday night in the autumn. You know, I want something that's a bit frightening, a bit spooky, a bit funny, a bit eccentric, and a bit, you know, a bit adventurous. Good. This is just... Oh. I mean, there are people out there who I've talked to who love it and really enjoyed it, and if they did, fair dues to you. I'm thoroughly jealous because I cannot get on board with it at all. Uh, I, like you said last time, and the and I think you've said it before that you haven't really been on board since the Moffat era whereas I I think I have more than you but uh, I definitely felt there's something missing and this season just made me just took me out of the whole programme really for me he's just sort of spending far too much time trying to put his own stamp on the show and trying to outdo do Russell T Davis it seems but, but the thing I is don't it... know it's I mean yes Doctor Who should try different things yes Doctor Who should sort of push its boundaries but there's a core thing and a core idea of who the Doctor is and how he behaves that I don't think you can sort of move past. You know, you can expand on it. Yes, the Doctor's flawed. Yes, he does. Th- he makes mistakes. But this is a pretty dark sort of series, all in all. Yeah, this has been. I think there's no way the way putting it. The, and uh, then the ending with. Clara leaving for good now this time there have been rumours but uh, they were confirmed and I like how the fact that Jenna Louise Coleman didn't confirm it just to make the ending I think a bit more have a bit more of an impact yeah but there are still the plenty of rumours that she's going to be in the Christmas special yeah but I think because of the fact that they both leave by lying to each other after the whole two year relationship they've yeah, had I didn't get the whole I scene of them like lying to each other I don't know what that's all about I s- that just didn't work for me at all I got, I got to be honest, I really didn't like that at all. I thought that was the worst way to... Um, it's the worst goodbye with a companion we've had ever, I think, since the Dodo. And <laughs> Who, whose name checked, maybe? But the Chaplet Funeral Home? Yeah, I suppose it could be. For people who are as dead as a Dodo. 
<laughs> but yeah, yeah, I just didn't see the point of them lying to each other, and I just thought it was a horrible way to end a friendship that's been going on for two years now. Well, I mean, you know, I still wouldn't be surprised if she's in the Christmas special. Yeah. Because I mean, there's this... still the unresolved pregnancy thing, you know, Orson Pink, you know, how does he come into being? Of course, yeah, I never thought about that. Well, I mean, you know, the, the rumour is that she is pregnant. Who, the actress or Clara? Clara. Right. Because when you notice the post-it notes in Dark Water, one of them clearly says three months. Whereas the other ones are very specifically tied into sort of like the episodes, oh, right. I thought and that... what happens in them, and there's just one that, if you look carefully, that says three months. So does that mean she's three months pregnant? Maybe it's that's how long she's been. That's how long she's been travelling with the doctor since she told him that she wasn't. Maybe I don't know. I... Well, we just have to see. At we Christmas. See. Maybe it will be revealed when uh, with Nick Frost guest starring as Father Christmas. That was sort of, in a way I enjoyed that, but in a way I didn't. I liked it was sort of a callback when the season finales used to finish. There was just a tiny little thing that leads straight into the Christmas special. I did like that, but um, in a way I thought it was a bit weird that Peter Capaldi just sat down doing nothing now. Well, I mean, it, you know, again, that all depends on what happens in the Christmas special, you know. I mean, Nick Frost as Santa Claus, Father Christmas. I'm I'm one with bored with that, but yeah, because it's a Christmas you know, special. The bits meant that to be you fun. see in the sort of very short trailer, you know, looks the same old thing. You know, it's a bunch of soldiers at the North Pole, some monsters or something skulking about. But like I said, you know, you can't judge from that. Far too early to tell. But um, so we finished the season now. Um, as can I just say that there is one thing I have enjoyed throughout the season that's been consistent, and that, and that's the music. I quite enjoyed the music this season. It's been very subtle this season. That's what I liked about it, to be honest. It wasn't in your face, but it was there for enough for you to notice it and like it. It was okay, yeah. I don't think it's Murray's gold's strongest season, i got to be honest. No, I think that was season five. I don't know, there's some very, very good stuff in season three. Yeah, season three and five. But this was, I thought, this was good, and now I'll be playing the soundtrack when this comes out. Um, but uh, that's the end of season eight. We've reviewed every single episode now of this season until Christmas, where at the end of the year we'll be doing a sort of 2014 roundup of Doctor Who. We but just as a, you know, what do you think of the season as a whole now it's finished? I think that there were moments, there were little flashes where it could have been something so much better, but I think it was let down by bad ideas and reused plot points and the fact that there aren't stories that are showing off how Peter Capaldi can play the Doctor well. That's basically my way of summing it up. I think it's been the worst season ever. But there were flashes of good moments, which could have been used really well, but they weren't. What about you? Um, It's been a very uneven series. I think it's been a very divisive series. I don't think I've ever ever seen a series of Doctor Who that has caused so much discussion, so many different um, viewpoints, you know just as many people love it as just as many people hate it it's been like that for virtually every episode um, for me I'm not on board with it, I, you know, I've made no secret of that, there have been some good points I enjoyed The Caretaker 
I enjoyed my meal on the Orient Express. I flatline had some good ideas. But apart from that, I have to say So if you do, if you were to pick three episodes to watch that you'd enjoy watching from the season, what would they be? Caretaker and Mummy the Orange Express and I think that would be it. Mm. You know, even Flatline, you know, it had some good ideas but it, even that didn't quite work for me. I think I'd say the same as you, um and then I'd tie it the last one. But I'll be quite honest, Flatline I'm not in a great rush to watch any of these episodes again. I really aren't. You know, it's hasn't grabbed me at all you know there's been some great acting some great moments you know Peter Capaldi's been really good with what he's been given but I just wish he was given something a bit more likeable and I know that there are people responding to the Dark Doctor and like it a bit you know that he's a bit less user friendly but for me it's 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 not Doctor Who so um, at Christmas we'll be able to collate the scores and give you what we want with the Christmas special and then after that we'll be back around Easter time with the monthly features again. Um, if you have an idea for a monthly feature, uh, please send them in. We have, we've got a couple, but we're sort of debating. Let us know. Let us know you're out there. Come on. Yeah. Please. We're um, feeling lonely. There's someone else to tie in the last two episodes now. Uh, your final viewer, Fam Gabby, she'll be here in just a sec. I'll do it after. <laughs> Here's Gabby, here's Gabby, what will she say today? Here's Gabby, here's Gabby, she's coming on her way. Here's Gabby, here's Gabby, she's come to talk to you. Here's Gabby, here's Gabby, with her Doctor Who review. Well, that was good. So Gabby's back, and she's got two reviews for us this week. She's reviewing the finale. So, Gabby, what did you think of Dark Water, the first part of the two-part finale? Um... I like it how it was in a two-parter. They haven't done that for a long while. And I think Stephen Moffat thought it might be a good change. And the Sidemen side look really good. What did you think of the voices? Because they were slightly different this time. I liked them. Yeah, I liked them. And... It's. I was. I thought Missy was a girl version of the Doctor, and she is. You know, she's a girl version of the Master. Yeah. You said the Doctor. Doctor. <laughs> so, was there anything you didn't like about the first part? Uh. Yes. What? It's. It's the Cyberman um in Skull. You didn't like that. No. What did you think of the last part then, Death in Heaven? That was good. Why? Because it was good. <laughs> what did you like about it that made it good? Uh, everything. So you even like the bit with the Brigadier being a Cyberman then? No. That made it a bit worse. Okay. Was there anything else you didn't like about it? The Brigadier being a Cyberman. Yeah, anything different? Uh, nah. No. So what would you give them then out of 10? What about the first part? What would you give that out of 10? I'll give it a 5. So thanks for that, Gabby. We'll see you at Christmas. That was Gabby's review then of Series 8. Um, your final review, your final recommendation now until Christmas. For the love of Rassilon, go watch something by Russell D. Davis. <laughs>
That's what I'm going to be doing. Or some classic Doctor Who. Just something. Watch, watch, watch Horns of the Nymon. It's rubbish, but at least it's a laugh. You can have, you can enjoy watching it, basically. Indeed. Um, now, in all seriousness, go back if you haven't watched Russell T. Davis series for a while. You know, give some Christopher Eccleston, some David Tennant a watch. There's some good stuff in there, and I think people are far too judgmental on his writing. And compared to the pap we've had this last season, oh, it's miles better for me. I'm going to watch The Unicorn and the Wasp and, and have a smile on my face. I love that episode. That's still one of my favourite episodes of Doctor Who of all time. I love that one. It's definitely top ten of the new season, maybe even top five. So, yeah, my recommendation, you know, celebrate the sort of ninth year of Doctor Who <laughs> coming back and re- revisiting some classics I wonder if they will do anything for the tenth what do you think yeah there'll be something uh, that will attempt to be entertaining and fail miserably I think it'll just be something written by Stephen Moffat who will try and outdo RTD and fail probably my recommendations um, I'm going back after a recommendation from Brian on Kasturbus, um and he's mentioned that the second sort of what's the word storyline with the eighth doctor and charlie and i thought that i haven't actually done a whole listen of all the big finishes so my mission now um is to get some more big finishes the one i'm going to recommend this week is storm warning which is the fifth eighth doctor one and um paul mcgann's straight in the zone if you know what i mean and he works really well with charlie and it's a great story and a great introduction it's something that if you're new to big finish i recommend this one to start with I think that's one that I'd recommend to other people where people are recommending things like Light at the End which is really? yeah someone actually recommended that as a one to watch to start off with but I thought that would be a bit uh, daft really um, so I'm going to recommend that one to start off with and it's a brilliant story but uh, my other recommendation is Paper and it's a book and um, it's a 12th Doctor book it's the third in the trilogy hello <laughs> This there's been a shift in the space time continuum and Gabby has returned from from the netherworld. You were saying Will, paper. We all need it. Yes. We all Still need right it. On. Yeah, my recommendation this week is the third twelfth Doctor book written by Mike Tucker. It's called The Crawling Terror and it's basically what a story that can't really be done on TV because it's there are descriptions in there that you couldn't really do on TV for fear of complaints, really. Um, it's quite dark, like this season, but it's dark in a way you can still enjoy it. And there, and uh, Peter Capaldi is a bit better in the book. Is it a story that's too broad and deep for TV? It is. <laughs> um, basically, without giving too many things away, the Doctor and Clara land in this small village where they find they're under threat from gigantic insects but there's more of a plot to them and there are some really good references little, little subtle references to the past uh, classic stories and they're all sort of subtle but in the way they make you smile so I really recommend it, it's a good book and I'm about to start Silhouette which I think was the second one, I'm reading in the reverse order I don't think it really matters no they're not connected so it doesn't matter but that's uh, my recommendations for this week and that, that's the end of the podcast that's the end of the series it's the end of time. And space. As we know it. So uh, it's goodbye from me, Will, until Christmas. Thank you for listening. 
And let us know what you think. And let until us know. Until then, goodbye. Cheerio. Ta ta. I'll feed his in. You have been listening to the Infinity Archives featuring Will and Gareth Lloyd. No copyright infringement is intended, and we appreciate all comments which you can email, tweet, and Facebook to us. Or you can leave a comment on the blogs or on the YouTube page. You can download this episode on our SoundCloud stream where this episode will feature for four weeks, and then you can listen on YouTube. See you in two weeks. recommendation is paper.